Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet Paige Davey, a self-proclaimed lukewarm Christian who grew up thinking that calling myself a Christian was good enough, but it led her to a life of heavy partying and immorality until she finally rededicates herself to a real God. We call this episode, Lukewarm, Stop Wasting Time, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Hey, Paige, girl, thank you for doing this. Guys, I'm so excited. We have a sister in Christ all the way across the ocean that's going to be sharing her testimony today. Uh, Paige is from Australia. I wish I had that beautiful accent and I would try to do it for you, but I know I can't. Uh, so Paige, I'm excited to have you. My goodness, you may be the most far reaching. I think that I think that's possible. I had a brother from Moscow. So mm, between the two of you, I don't know, but I'm really excited to have you. So let's jump right in. Tell us who you are, what you do, all that good stuff. Yes. So my name is Paige. I'm 24. I'm from Brisbane, Australia, and I currently work two days in real estate admin, actually. But um, I did own a small business, a little Christian business, and I make videos about Jesus on TikTok. And that's me. That's you. <laughs> so what was life like for you growing up? Was there any Jesus in your life? I don't even know what the religion is, honestly, over in Australia. You know, is it Catholic? Is it Christian? But I'll let you talk. BJ, shut up and let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, so I can, like, think back to my youngest memories and I knew about Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, my parents got saved in their 20s um, pretty radically, but... I still grew up in like what I would say is like a very lukewarm home. Mm -hmm. It was like my parents loved the Lord, but they didn't really live like that. They were still getting drunk every weekend. And I saw that like from a really young age. Right. Um, so I just kind of thought that was like normal Christian life. I thought you could love Jesus, get drunk with your friends, have parties. And I just thought that was the normal thing. And I grew up in church. I grew up in like Christian schools even. So I was like constantly surrounded by Christian people. Mm -hmm. um, but I still didn't have like a full on revelation of Jesus. Um, I was living like any kind of person would in the world. I was talking to boys and I was, yeah, I didn't really have any regard for what a true Christian actually looked like. Right. Even like I can still remember like growing up and being exposed to a lot of like sexual stuff when I was younger and just being 
surrounded by people who were very sexually involved with each other and thinking that was super normal. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I just still like, I guess, proclaimed that I loved Jesus and anyone I would meet, they would know I was a Christian, but they would think that, oh, well, Christians can do whatever they want then, like, you know, and yeah, it was just this very interesting life. And now looking back on it, I can see it really wasn't a life that the Lord had designed for us but that's just how my parents knew and that's how they raised us like I would be sitting in a church service and they would do like the altar call and they would say like, does anyone here like want to give their life to the Lord and if you do like raise your hand and I'm pretty sure like every Sunday I would raise my hand just like as a little kid I just thought that was what you did like and so I would raise my hand and I would go out the front and I would get prayed for but I never really had any like encounter with Jesus I just knew about him and did everything that I thought Christians did in church right. like something that I was regularly like exposed to was like broken marriage like my parents were like again they would say that they were, were Christian they knew Jesus but they like I can vividly remember a time where my sister and I were um, like hiding under a bed and I love my parents and they're amazing but their life was broken as well so right. we were hiding under a bed like and my parents were having like the worst argument that I've ever heard or seen. Just doors getting slammed on each other and my mum ended up like walking out at that time. And that's just something that's always really stuck with me is, you know, seeing my parents' marriage like really struggle. And that's kind of all I knew growing up. At the time, like I didn't really know to like call on the Lord and I didn't know that, you know, the Lord was there for me through those times. Like I just thought it was just me and my sister and we were just, this was life. Like we just saw our parents fighting constantly. Mm -hmm. I struggled with my relationship with my mum. She had a lot of, um, she had lost both of her parents and like she just wasn't very present at times with us. And so like, I just really struggled with my relationship with my parents in that sense in growing up. And again, it's just like, I see that they're in church. My mum didn't want to go to church at times. And I don't know, I just saw this like idea of Jesus that you went to church, but then nothing was perfect at home. And it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't the pretty life that people painted it to be. When I got to like primary school, I was, I don't really like, I can't pinpoint when exactly it happened or what it was, but like I was just exposed to um, a lot of sexual immorality. And I think that it came from places in my childhood that maybe my, like I can't even remember. Mm. Um, but I remember like, in primary school, I was like reading, uh, I don't know if you remember, like Dolly magazines and like just young girl magazines. Um, and this would have been like grade seven. And I was looking at this like one section and it was like explaining how you kiss and like going through all of this stuff. And I was like, oh, do I need to know this? Like, you know, I'm, I'm getting older and all of this stuff. But I was always told like I couldn't have a boyfriend until I was 16 and like these were really strict rules that like my dad had and yeah I was reading this magazine and like I've, I can vividly remember like that was the first time I was really like exposed to what then led to like watching a lot of pornography as a girl in you know from grade 7 to, through to 12 really like mm -hmm. really struggling in that area and it was like this one little section of a, of a magazine that then led into like watching full on pornography. Mm -hmm. And I look back now at 
like the age that I was and I can't, I don't even know how that happens, but yeah. like obviously the enemy just like gets his way yeah. from like the earliest age that he can. Um, and I remember it led to like a lot of insecurities in myself and I would seek a lot of like validation from guys. Like I just felt like that was where I got my happiness from. That's like where I needed, like my identity was in how do guys look at me and how do guys see me. Um, and I can still remember like there was a time when um, I really like was into this guy at school and he was also into me and this other girl and it was this whole situation but we were um, we would like send photos back and forth and I remember asking him like knowing that he was doing this with another girl mm -hmm. and I said like oh who, whose body do you prefer you know like trying to get validation from him super insecure and he said that he preferred her body and in that moment like I can look back now and see like that was the root of like where a lot of my insecurities growing up started and it then just kind of like spiraled into this whole like no I need guys validation and no matter what anyone said to me like it all depended on like what a guy thought about me right. I never looked to the Lord for any validation like I never asked the Lord what do you think of me like mm -hmm. I just told people I was a Christian but I was like sending photos to guys I was flirting with guys and yeah I met someone in grade 12 and I would say like I was super infatuated with this guy and again I would say I was a Christian but he would like wear caps that said like 666 on them and he was like addicted to weed smoking it every single day um, and I was just so like infatuated by him and I like he was my idol like mm -hmm. I put him above God I put him above everyone in my life ended up getting like extremely heartbroken from this guy to the point where like that's sort of where I guess everything sort of crumbled for me yeah. and like the worst started to happen like I started to really fall away from even knowing like just having any kind of relationship with the Lord I went to a Christian camp and at the Christian camp I experience like what I would say is like my first encounter of anxiety like I there was actually a girl and she was she was we were in the middle of worship and she was like just she just started screaming and I was like oh my goodness like what is going on with this girl and the guy that was preaching that night he said like he was talking about lukewarm Christianity and I was like getting convicted so hard because he's like lukewarm Christians will not inherit the kingdom of heaven like right. they will go to hell right. and I was identifying with like everything that he was saying about a lukewarm Christian and so like fear started to like completely mm -hmm. overcome my body and as I'm watching this girl I was like can that happen to a Christian like I started panicking bad and I thought that church was associated with like this fear that I was feeling mm -hmm. and um she had come back the year after and she was like still doing the same thing in worship. Right. And I remember thinking, if anything like that would happen to me, would I be safe in a, in a Christian environment to be free from that? And I started to fear that I would be stuck in, if I had anxiety, if I had depression, like would I always like forever be stuck in that? Can I be free from that because this girl has come back two years in a row and like she's still not free from really? that demonic spirit and like all of the, these things and like these questions in my mind like just made me fear like the church it made me fear God it made me not in the good sense but like mm -hmm. 
I feared, I guess, the demonic side of things and like what the enemy, his power and what he was able to do mm -hmm. more than I feared God. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, so I, after that like camp, I literally just did not go to church for like five years. I felt like I couldn't step foot in a church because I was like, this crazy stuff happens there. <laughs> you know, I don't want any part in that. And yeah, so I began to drink a lot. I went partying every single weekend. Like there would be times when I would nearly like literally walk into the Brisbane River because I was just so drunk and just careless. I had no hope, I had no purpose. I was working a job and I was, the high was on the weekend when I could get drunk and hook up with guys in the club and just feel like that I'm getting that validation on the weekend. And then like the weekdays would come and I would just be, have no purpose. I would be so so unhappy, like it really affected all of my relationships and the anxiety that I had felt in the church, it didn't like go away just because I left the church. Like I was still experiencing anxiety and I, mm -hmm. the only way that I could like go out and be okay was if I was going out on the weekends, getting drunk with people. It was to the point where every weekend, like I was getting blackout drunk and I would be in an Uber, passed out, get home, my parents would bring me inside and I'd have a bucket next to me. Like I just didn't, I didn't know anything else to do other than to drink and I had seen that growing up as well in my parents, like they, they drinking was very normal for me. And I just thought that's what you did, that was life. I mean, one of the worst nights that I can remember is, yeah, like hooking up with 10 guys in the club and then being so drunk that I literally nearly like ran off into the Brisbane River, um, which is just so ridiculous. But my friends like had to find me and had to retrieve me and then just chucked me in a cab. And, you know, it's so dangerous like to be in that kind of space right. by yourself as a girl, like passed out. And now I can see like the Lord has protected me through all of that. But through that, it was like five years, I think, of just constant like, yeah, just constant um, drinking and partying and all of that. And then it kind of got to the point where like deep down through all of that, like I always, like God was always in the back of my mind. Like there were times where I was drunk, just preaching to random people saying like, God is real, you know, like <laughs> Jesus loves you, but was just not living like that life right. at all. Um, but yeah, deep in my heart, I knew that God was real and I knew that he loved me. But I just needed to black all of that out because of the experience that I'd had in the church. And so it kind of got to this point where like I was seeing my sister, she got married, she was going to church and like she was living this life and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, like she's perfect. Like, and I'm a failure, you know, like this is where I've gone with my life. And my anxiety was so bad. Like I remember I was going, I had a, a date with a guy and, um, I just got so anxious to go on a date. Like I just was, I remember waking up and I was in my bed, like literally physically like paralyzed with fear of just going on a date, like something so simple. But I was so anxious in that. I remember like, it's hard to explain the feeling, but I just didn't want it. Like I just couldn't live like that anymore. Like I just, it had happened multiple times and I was like this, there has to be something different. Like this can't be forever. Brilliant. Cause if my life is going to be like this forever, like I don't want it, you know, like this is just horrible. And meanwhile, like none of my family really knew that this, like I had been struggling with this. I kept it so internalized and mm -hmm. I just had, I just was angry all the time. And I was just a horrible daughter, a horrible sister because internally I was 
fearful and anxious, but externally I just displayed it as like, I hate my life. Like, I don't want to be a good person. Mm -hmm. After that day uh, of waking up and being paralyzed with anxiousness, I messaged my sister and I said, hey, um, can you pray for me? Like, I've, I've really struggled with this anxiousness and I'm, I feel like I can't go on this date with this guy. And she was like, yeah, sure, like, I'll pray for you. And so she did, and I just, I went on the date somehow, I did it, I got up out of bed, and I just still disregarded, like, God, but I just carried on. And then it was sort of like towards the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, um, I started, like, getting this, like, just this weird desire, like, I, need, I know I need to go back to church, like, I don't know what it is, but I just felt this need. And then I said to the Lord, I remember I was in my car, and I said, Lord, if, if you are real and if you really want me to be in church, you're going to have to do it because there's literally no way that I can step foot into that building because I feel like I'm going to pass out and the walls are going to crumble. Like, I was just so convinced that something bad was going to happen if yeah. I went to church. I was so, like, with my anxiety, like, I was so anxious that I didn't have a license, like, I didn't drive. Mm -hmm. I was, like, so scared of driving, I just thought I was going to get into an accident and die. And, like, because I knew about God, I knew that if I died, I was going to hell. And so I had all of this fear of, like, if I, like, and I, I remember as I was, like, sort of, like hungry for the Lord, I guess, as I was sort of like just growing this weird desire for the Lord. Right. I said, like, I said to my sister, like, I just hope he's patient with me and I hope he does. I hope I don't die because if I were to die today, like I would literally be going to hell. He was patient with me. But um, yeah, so I continued to just, I just prayed that prayer, like, Lord, if you want me in church, you're going to get me there. Right. Left it at that. And then my sister randomly was just like Paige like I just like want to invite you to church like do you want to come and she'd never really invited me before because she knew where I was at I right. was just like living my life and I was like okay like yeah I'll come um, but like it was not easy for me I was so petrified I was shaking like nervous um, and then I went and I was sat in the service and I remember the lady that had preached that day she's I can't remember what she preached about, but at the end, um, she said, if you don't know like whether you're going to go to hell if you were to die right now, um, and you don't want to go to hell, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to have a relationship with Jesus, like um, tonight's the night that you need to give your life to the Lord. And I just knew like my heart was racing and I was like, oh gosh, like this is for me. And um, <laughs> I, I raised my hand and I was super embarrassed because it was in front of a really small church. My sister was there, her husband was there. They all knew my the, the life I was living. And right. I just like, there was just something in me that was like, no, you really need to give your life to the Lord because I was so afraid of dying and just right. ending up in hell. And then it wasn't um, long after that, that like COVID hit. Um, and when COVID hit, like something, in seeing the world fall apart the way that it did, mm -hmm. I had like this real hunger of like, okay, I really need to get myself together. Like I can't be a lukewarm Christian if I'm giving my life to the Lord. And, you know, he says, yeah, like he will spit the lukewarm Christians out of his mouth. Okay. And I knew about God, 
and how much worse am I going to be if I know about him, know of his good ways and still choose to live the life that I want to live. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was filled with like what I would say is like the fear of the Lord. And I truly was like living in like reverence of him. And mm -hmm. I was no longer like, oh, I can get away with this and I can get away with that. It's like, no, I want to completely like flee from sin. Like I want no part in that life. And I stopped drinking, I stopped going clubbing, and I remember um, my friends who I was really, like they were like my best friends, I worked with them five days a week, and I posted something on my Instagram story, sort of like fairly new into the walk, and it was, um, it was just a pretty strong like opinion about like the Christian faith, and they all like saw that story and unfollowed me and like didn't want to be friends with me after that. Oh, wow. And I like, I remember it felt like my world was falling apart. Cause mm -hmm. I was like, why is this happening? Like why, you know, I'm giving my life to the Lord and all of a sudden all these people are being taken from my life, my best friends. And they were the people I would constantly go drinking with. Right. Um, so at that time it just felt like, okay, like I've lost everyone I'm close to, like I have no friends. And after that, like, I just remember like that, that moment brought me like into the secret place with the Lord because I said, I've got no one. Like I literally need you Lord because I don't have any friends. And I tried to explain myself to my friends, but right. they just, it just wasn't the same. Like they just were like, no, if you believe that, like, I don't want to be your friend. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> there's nothing I can do. I, I'm not going to go back on my ways now. I know that the Lord is real. I, I can't. I can't pretend like he's not. After that, like I remember I prayed and prayed and prayed for like good godly connection, good godly friendship. Yeah. And it just seemed like no one was no one was there, no one was around me. I didn't have a church community that I was going to. Um, so it was literally just me and the Lord in my room for like a year, just like <laughs> praying on my knees, like oh, asking the Lord for right. community. And I ended up like it was like tenfold what I had lost. Like the Lord literally replaced everyone that he had removed from my life with like double the portion of right. people. And they were all good, godly Christian people. And through removing those people from my life, I stopped having that temptation, I guess, of like going out and drinking because mm -hmm. the Lord was like, no, we're just going to cut these people off <laughs> from your life. They're not, they're not going to bring you into the kingdom, you know? And then I found the godly community that I'm in now and he has like completely changed my whole family and to the point where like my mum and my dad are like people that like I don't even, I wouldn't have even recognised at that time. Like they don't fight anymore. Like the Lord has radically transformed their life and my dad used to be like a smoker and then he was a vapor and now he's not a smoker or a vapor. They don't drink alcohol. like. They used to get drunk every weekend, now they don't. And that's purely like since giving my life to the Lord and right. really praying and believing for like what his will is for my life. And like he's just flipped it upside down. Even just like my mom's mental health, like she struggled a lot like growing up and she's completely like just a new human, you know, they're reading their Bibles, they're in connect groups. Like I wouldn't, like you, I would have laughed if you had told me that right. three, four years ago. Um, and even just for myself, like I 
have no anxiety anymore. Like I used to, like I said, struggle with crippling anxiety and I've just been completely delivered from that. I drive now, like I got my license, like overcame that fear. Um, I'm not fe fearful of, you know, like the enemy's power because I know God's power is so much greater. Um, and I can, like, I just feel like I can walk into any place now and just confidently be a child of God, whereas before I was just crippled. Like, I no longer seek validation from guys. I don't worry about what they're going to think of me. I know that my identity is found in him. Like, I deleted Tinder. I deleted all of, like, the silly dating apps. And I said to the Lord, like, I'm not going to talk to any guy unless it is, like, who he has for me. Um, and there were times like where there was temptation mm -hmm. and where I would step into that temptation and then have to repent and be like, okay, Lord, like that's not the life that I live anymore. That's right. not where I want to be right. because we're so used to, we're so used to that lifestyle that we were living. Yeah. And even to the point where now it's like, I love seeing people be delivered from demonic spirits because I know that that is freedom for them. Whereas back then, like that stuff scared me so much. I was right. like, oh, that's weird. A lot of people that knew me back then would say that I'm not, they wouldn't recognize who I am now. Um, you know, my sister and I, like our relationship was not good back then. Mm -hmm. I would, I would like run around chasing her with knives and like weird stuff. <laughs> um, but now like we're best friends and it's really because of what the Lord has done in me and the fact that he, he showed me what love is and like real, true, godly love. And from that and from having that relationship with him, like it flows out of me. And when you found your church community, you had the support that you needed this time around of people who were like-minded. I know you talked or we talked offline a lot about just how you have this hunger to serve God. Would share a little bit about that for the listening audience. How have you been really just serving God just out of the overflow of your heart? I, I had this real hunger, like when coming to the Lord, like of serving him, like I just wanted to do whatever he had for me. Um, and so when I found like a church community, I just immediately started serving um, in like youth ministry and I love doing youth ministry but also um, just online like he really like slowly brought me onto like this online community through um, small business like I had a small business for the Lord like I just want to be on this platform where I, like TikTok is just full of horrible things I feel like it's full of I feel like it's a slippery slope for people to get involved in like slippery slope for people to go into all of these things and mm -hmm. I know like the Lord wanted me to, he wanted me to serve him through that platform. Mm -hmm. um, so now I, I choose to use like a platform that maybe the enemy has like made for evil and, mm -hmm. and put the Lord into that. And I think that's the like common denominator that I've seen is like people who may have known who God was but like didn't really they they were lukewarm you know mm -hmm. and they now just through seeing what the Lord has done in me have like a passion and a zeal for the Lord right. also people wanting to read the word of God like I feel like that's another big one is I, I'm a big like I love reading the word and I'm very like I express that on my TikTok you know how important the word of God is and how we should be reading it daily and people will message me being like oh 
like I never used to read the Bible, but now I'm reading it every day. And like this is that they're starting to see like their families change. Right. This year, I was at like a it was like a revival service. I, I fasted two three days because mm-hmm. I was so like desperate for the Lord. I was like I want to get rid of all distractions. Um, but anyways, and then I went to this church and I was expecting like I was like okay Lord I've I've given this up because I want to truly encounter you. Like I want to know what it feels like to encounter the Holy Spirit, whatever that looks like, you know, I didn't really know. And I just started to like feel, I, like the best way I could describe it is like this peace, like this real peace wash over me. I just laid there and I remember just feeling like a peace that really like surpassed all understanding. Like I can't actually articulate the way that I felt. Right. And yeah, that was the first time that I encountered the Holy Spirit, I feel in a like real tangible way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's happened like since then as well. Like the Lord has been slowly introducing me to, yeah, the different ways that it looks when the Holy Spirit moves um, and not limiting the Holy Spirit and what he can do. And obviously, because you talk a lot about yourself being lukewarm, uh, you can relate, you know, each and every one of us honestly can be lukewarm at different times in our lives. But I think when you can identify it, you can share, hey, this is where I this is where I dwelled for so much of my life. Then it gives you really a special testimony specifically for those who dwell in lukewarmness. So what would you share with someone who maybe they're passing through where you have been or they don't even realize they're lukewarm. So what are some words of wisdom that you can leave behind for those who are still sitting in that space? Firstly, that we have to be aware that lukewarm Christians will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And you can't just believe in God and expect to inherit the kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. and all of the goodness that the Lord has for you. It's really easy to want to live this life that the world has and it's really easy to fall into that temptation but the biggest thing that I would say is that the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy he hates you he doesn't want you to have everything that the Lord has for you Mm -hmm. you can experience and encounter true love and freedom in the Lord that is not just this life of like, oh, I'm a Christian and I'm religious. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, he, he has a lot for you. He has so much more than just a title of, of your religion. Right. My best advice is to literally ask the Lord for the fear of the Lord and that he would truly convict you of every single thing, every sin that you were doing. You don't know when you're going to die. You don't know when Jesus is going to come back. And when he does, or if you were to die, are you going to go to hell or are you going to go to heaven? And obviously that's, that's where it all changed for me is realizing like I, I was going to go to hell as a lukewarm Christian. Like that's where I was going to be because I, I knew of the goodness of the Lord and I chose the ways of the world and, and the things that the enemy had. Right. The best thing that I've ever done is allow the Lord to remove sin from my life. And it's not to say that I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I just want to tell you that you cannot live both ways. You cannot live with one foot in and one foot out. Right. You have to be fully in for Jesus, otherwise you will perish. And I don't want to scare people away from the Lord, but I know that there is 
it's the truth. It's like the fact of the matter is, is like we can't live for the world and for Jesus. And I feel like when, if you had a real revelation of the fullness of Jesus Christ, you would no longer care for the world. You would only want to live for him. You would only want to do everything that he has for you. Um, and since coming to Christ, like my life has never been better. And obviously there are trials, but truthfully, like the purpose, the the love, the freedom, and just the joy and the peace that he offers is way better yeah. than when I was living in the world, drinking, anxious, have no purpose, and got to hook up with guys and, and get drunk. Like that was all that I had going yeah. for me. And I would say, don't waste any more time. Don't wait another day, but simply just ask him to really, really come into your life and show you his convict you of the things that you're doing that aren't of him and to reveal the revelation of the fullness of Jesus Christ not just who you think he is not who you read he is not who you're told he is but who he really is because yeah giving giving your life to the Lord and being fully for him is like the best thing you'll ever do that's beautiful I don't think we can say it any better than that <laughs> so um let's go ahead and wrap it up uh Paige this is beautiful you know I always share with everybody a testimony doesn't have to be something extreme so often I think we're looking for the extreme in our lives before we feel that we have a testimony to share but really what you're sharing is that hey uh, being lukewarm is bottom line, going to keep us from making it to heaven. It's going to keep us out of relationship with God. And that is extreme. So I'm so glad that you came to find the heat. <laughs> For lack of a better term, you came to find what you needed. I'm so glad that God introduced you to uh, the family who could open up the word of God with you and help you to see that the way in which you were living was not going to bring about the peace and the joy that you were so desperately searching for. But anyway, Paige, thank you. I now have a friend over in Australia, so someone I can come to visit. <laughs> I love doing these testimonies because I'm getting to know friends from all over the world. Uh, Paige, thank you, darling, for your time. Thank you for your story. Um, everybody, you know what to do. Until next week, be on the lookout for the incredible hand of God. <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout. By the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out.